Hey friends, welcome to God on Tap, and as always, I'm Nike Swalding, and I'm joined by my roommate and the girl in her pajamas still, Alex Wilkes. Hey guys. Is that your favorite way of being introduced? On a Friday off, for sure. Friday off. And the reason why you're off on this Friday is because it is... Good Friday. That's right. And so I thought we'd hop on here and do a Good Friday, COVID-19 Friday feature. And the reason why I thought we'd do that is... Um, however you're listening to this, whenever you're listening to it, whether you listen to it today or down the road, chances are uh, you will have experienced COVID-19 in a really acute way. Uh, Your life has probably been disrupted. Um, If you're also, if you, if your life hasn't been disrupted by COVID-19 at all, you have a very odd life. And I really want to hear from you. Like if there's someone out there who's like, I didn't even know there was a global (laughs) pandemic, call me, we need to chat. And so, but for everyone else, We've been hugely disrupted and we've experienced, I think, corporate grief, corporate lament. I think we've seen idols come to the surface, idols of work and idols of food and idols of success and idols of capitalism. And they've been exposed. And we've seen some, I think, beautiful people laying those down. Mm -hmm. And I think we've seen some people clamp their fists around them. Uh, And then I've seen just how hard it is, I think, for folks who live alone. And so I've, I've repeatedly, I think I'm some, I think I'm grateful for you as a bud, but I think this season has been really revealing of just how grateful I am to be quarantined with you, just to have somebody to process with, yeah. to watch all of the Marvel movies in order with. Yes. Uh, Cause sometimes you just need a good old wholesome distraction from the grievous world that we live in. Um, but that being said, some of the conversations we've had this past couple of weeks have been really profound and, um, and sad, you know, we've wept and we've prayed and we've um, gotten angry and, and we've also gotten happy and we share good news from our social media, sad yeah. news from our social media. It's kind of, I don't know if y'all, those of you who live with people, I don't know if your phones go off at the same time and you like check it and you look at each other, <laughs> did you get that update from, you know, whatever news app you have or whatever, which has been our shared experience. But yeah, that's my long winded way of saying yesterday, Alex was telling me about something she saw on one of her social media channels and then she began to uh, pontificate about it and I thought what she was saying was really helpful because I think there's a lot of noise right now about what what should we do how should we respond how what's a right way to interact with the world and I thought some of your points were just really good and so um, I'm gonna kick it over to you I just want you to we're, this is the COVID Good Friday, and y'all, I'm so sorry if you can hear this. Alex is on the verge of laughter. There is a car bumping their bass right outside of our house. We kind of live in a uh, a part of town where bumping bass is not that abnormal, and so and, and especially not, at 3 a.m. Especially at 3 a.m. Right? <laughs> so I, being 10:20 a.m. on a Friday is more unusual. But um, sorry about that. But anyways, Alex, <laughs> would love for you to just replay a little bit of the conversation because we're gonna call this the COVID 19. Good Friday edition. How do we, as people who are celebrating a day that we call good, and yet there's an irony in that because it's the day that our Savior was crucified, and yet because we live in an upside down world, we we know we. I don't think we would call it good the day of. Yeah. But three days later, we were like, oh, that was a because good day. Sunday. And so yeah. I would just love just your thoughts on on this world that we are in a very broken world right now, and would just love your thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, I think. I think I've had to learn a lot in the last couple of weeks about, um, I think I've seen a lot in my life in the last couple of weeks that I contend towards judgment when I disagree with someone or when I think I know the right way to view this whole situation. Um, and then I've oscillated and you know this between 
every emotion in the book because this is just hard. And so um, I think yesterday specifically, I had hopped on social media just to look at something and had seen um, an article someone had shared just about, you know, this whole stay-at-home order and quarantine that states are implementing um, is an infringement on our liberties and every person should get to choose for themselves what this season looks like. And um, and then a subsequent point to that being that it's ruining our economy that we're doing this. And um, well, I... And it was from an American, I take it? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> Um, and of course, seeing the articles about unemployment rates and realize that the government's having to bail out a lot of businesses and provide stimulus checks to individuals. And we are in this term like makes me cringe, but unprecedented times um, right now. But I think one thing that I've seen and um, just one of the my favorite verses that is Micah 6, 8. And so we... Um, the Lord asks us to seek justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. And I think in this season, we have an opportunity to know and um, walk what it looks like to love our neighbor by staying home. And And I think a lot of people around the world understand that. Like part of this stay at home is, is me loving my neighbor well. And so um, I'm laying down that liberty of um, getting to do what I want and um, in an effort to love my neighbor and flatten the curb and curve. And so um, I think that honestly frustrates me sometimes to see because what I want is for everyone to lay down their liberties and um, for the betterment of our society and the people around them. Um, And so, yeah, that was sort of what happened yesterday. Yeah, so it feels like, and maybe I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I did hear you say them yesterday, so I'll just replay words from (laughs) your mouth. It sounds like what you're saying is there are people who are valuing Sort of our, nobody's denying that our economy has taken a massive hit. Nobody's denying that there are some businesses that are not going to make it out of this. And that is grievous. Mm -hmm. Like there, nobody, hopefully nobody's like, oh, well, people lost their jobs. Ha ha ha. You know, like that, that is an equally irresponsible response. Yet, if you're going to pit capitalism over a human life. Right. It seems pretty clear to me what, at least my interpretation of scripture is such that you pick life. You always choose life. Yep. That we're not beholden to systems or structures. Like people are always more important than institutions. Yeah. And yet, I think uh, people are. I, I don't hear that clarity in some of the voices on social media. Although you're still on Facebook and I'm not, so I feel like I'm farther removed from the dumpster fire. So <laughs> this is my way of saying Facebook is trash, y'all. <laughs> and I have no chill for that. But anyways, like, is that what I want you to unpack? That is yeah. that what you're saying? I mean, yeah, yeah. I think. Um... Yeah, there's no uh, dollar amount that you can place on a human life. And I think to understand the full spectrum of pro-life, if you will, because that is an argument we discuss a lot in Christian circles, that means, like you say, steal a term from your mouth, from womb to tomb. And so that means in this season too, we have to be seeking the welfare of our neighbors and the flourishing of their lives, which means we stay home in an effort to prevent and protect them from getting this disease Um or virus that's spreading like wildfire. And so that, like, that's the piece for sure that, um, yeah, it just feels, I don't know, yucky sometimes, I think, to to see that that argument isn't clear um, 
when because I, I think some of the frustration you've had too if i'm not wrong is you're hearing it from christians yeah it, it feels it feels like it would be different if it's like a 17 year old teenager who doesn't quiet under like you know who wasn't selfish at 17 right. but to hear it from a <laughs> I don't know the person you're referencing, but I'll just give them like a 35 year old claims to be and there's no reason to think they're. I'm not saying they're not. A, I'm not saying if you're selfish in the season, you're not a Jesus follower, although repent, get right. Um, but I, I think that's what's hard is like, I think, I think Christian theology is such that we, we say we're pro-life. And I think in order for that to be true, we have to be consistent. And I feel like there are times when our inconsistencies come up. And some of those times when our inconsistencies come up is when you talk about societal injustices. Yes. And right now we're seeing that so acutely. Yes. Because you're seeing people who are, because of economic difficulties, cannot leave their home. Or they, excuse me, they have to leave their homes. They have to go to work. Right. Um, And those those neighborhoods, those people, like especially black and brown communities, poor communities, native communities, they're being absolutely rocked by this. And what's interesting is the news shows you a lot of white faces of folks dying, but we know it's disproportionately black and brown, especially in our larger cities. Right. So when you see a person who's like, I love Jesus, I'm pro-life, say, hey, the economy is equally important. That's not a pro-life statement. Yeah. Right? That And, yes. and listen, it also, guys, speaks to, I think... People think there's really a scarcity in the kingdom of God. And y'all, his kingdom is abundant. If God in the Old Testament can come to us and say, you should never have any poor among you. And every seven years you should cancel debt. And every 50 years you have a year of Jubilee. And we set the record straight. It's because he is preventing systemic, long-term, economic, and societal injustice. And he has decreed that. And if he can decree that, it's because he knows he's going to provide everything they need. There is no lack in the kingdom of God. Hmm. What there is is greed and selfishness and hoarding, which creates the lack. The lack is not there because God hasn't given us enough. The lack is there because we choose to allow the lacking among us. Yeah. And I think that that is, on a good Friday, when we look at what Jesus came to die for, he didn't just come to die to fix our personal sin problems. He came to die to fix our communal sin problems as well. Yeah. And that that those of us who are indwelt with the spirit, we're plan A. Like there is no plan B for us to go out and change the world. And so when the advent of the resurrection comes and Jesus ascends and the spirit comes down and he's like, hey, all those problems you see in the world that you cry out to me about. Yes, go fix them. And so Good Friday is not just about my personal salvation. Like, oh, thank you, Jesus, because now I'm saved. It's thank you, Jesus, because by the power of your spirit and the unleashing of your kingdom, mm. Micah 6.8 can find its resolution in the people of God as we are partnering with your spirit and partnering in your mission. And I think people need to have a much bigger cosmic view mm. of what happened on Good Friday as opposed to just, oh, Jesus and I are good now. Like the, Jesus made it good with me and his pops. So the pops and I, man, we, we've been rocking together for a long time now and we good. And now I got all 85 rolls in my toilet paper while my neighbors are out using leaves. That's not a true story. Y'all, that was weird, but just an example. Of, um, yeah. Yeah. I just took over that. So sorry. It's I just, okay. Amen to everything okay, you just well, said. Thank you. Preacher's yeah. going to preach. Yeah. Teacher's going to teach. Talker's going to talk. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Yeah. Mike Twitter, um, would love to know your thoughts on this Good Friday in light of specifically COVID-19 and the season we're in. Yeah, I think um, one of the things that's, speaking of pro-life, right, I think I think our two thoughts even, we didn't plan this. I don't think we really like said, let's make coordinating thoughts, but it's interesting how <laughs> on this day of 
life that came through death. I think we both in this COVID-19 have begun to realize just the importance of life and all of that. And I think I think one of the things that I'm seeing that's lacking sometimes in in, in my social media in spheres, sometimes I see people making nice with the enemies of God. And here's what I mean by that is though death resulted in our life, what we have to understand is Jesus didn't just succumb to death. And now death is this thing that has power over Jesus. And then Jesus was like, boop, and rose out of the, like, no, like Jesus's death conquers death. Jesus dying puts death to death. And mm-hmm. I think people fail to realize that. And what we see throughout the gospels is agents of destruction and and death, Jesus is consistently contacting and killing those things. So he contacts, you know, Peter's sick mother-in-law, boom, she's well. He mm-hmm. contacts leprosy, boom, leprosy's gone. He contacts the bleeding woman, boom, she's healed. He literally contacts dead girl and dead Lazarus and it's like, ping! And then, you know, like mm-hmm. we've seen like unbelievable. And so all that to say, like, it's not to say that God doesn't repurpose suffering and sorrow and death. And it's not to say uh, that there's not, those aren't, those aren't opportunities for beauty to come from ashes. But I don't believe that we are ever supposed to make nice with the enemies of God. Like, I think we're not supposed to be like, well, you know, if it weren't for COVID, I wouldn't have realized this skill I have in calligraphy. And now I've opened a business. So really, I'm so thankful for COVID. Like, no, that's so stupid. And I don't mean that like that. That was more callous than I meant. Like, what I mean is you're allowed to say, I hate COVID. It, this is evil and wicked. Yeah. And thank God we have a God who comes in and repurposes our suffering and is able to bring good out of it. But we don't shake hands with the enemies of God. And Good Friday is such a reminder of that. Like, Jesus bends death toward him to break it. Like, he is the one that is ultimately, like, we should not be like, yay, he died. Like, no, it's like, if we would have been there on that first Good Friday, we're holding our breath going, oh my gosh. Yeah. The king who was establishing his kingdom did the worst thing a new king can do, which is die with no heirs. Right? He's like, I'm coming and I'm unleashing a kingdom. You're like, cool, you're going to be king? All right. All right, all right, all right. And what do kings do? They have kids and they have kids in order to hand the kingdom off so the kingdom can last for a long time. And here's King Jesus saying, I'm unleashing a new kingdom. And then he does the dumbest thing a king can do with no kids, which is die. Mm. And that was an enemy of his. Death is the last and final enemy. And when Jesus comes out of that grave, he vanquishes it. Now, mm. are we living in the in-between? Yes, of course we are. Of course, we are. We experience the entropy of life. We experience the, the decay. We experience, but we don't make nice with those things. We we grieve when people die. Yeah. We grieve when people get sick. And are we grateful for what God can do? Yes. But we don't have to say, "Oh, I'm thankful for cancer." Like, no, cancer is from the pit of hell. F you, cancer. Like, go back to where you came from, because <laughs> you ain't gonna be in the new heavens and the new earth. Yeah. Only good things are gonna be there, and those are the things that we thank God for. Now. We're grateful for his grace and his provision and his sustaining and the perseverance and all of that. But I think it would be, I think for me, I, being a person that is well accustomed with anger, (laughs) I'll just say it like that, (laughs) Uh, it is freeing for me to, to have permission that I believe I get from the scriptures to be angry at the things that made Jesus angry. And I think it's freeing for me to be angry at the end. I think I'm, I would not do so well in COVID if someone was policing my anger and trying to tie a nice little neat bow on it and be like, Hey, well, look at all the good that can come out of it. Look at all the potential. Like I'm glad that in this season I'm allowed to be like, I hate you COVID. I hate the destruction that you're, I hate you. I pray that God would eradicate you. Mm -hmm. You can go back to where you came from, which is not from on high. Every good and perfect gift comes from on high. And these, these tools of death and destruction, they come from an enemy who seeks to steal, kill and destroy. And so I think just on this good Friday, like, 
I, I think it's helpful for us to be able to clarify. We, we don't shake hands. We don't make nice with the enemies of God. We, we, are, we are people that when we look at a broken world, we are supposed to say, this is not as it should be. And I think that that hopefully for, if you're listening and you've been, you know, I don't know, maybe if you're, if you're really grieving and lamenting and then you see social media or people around you go, it's okay, it's all going to be okay, it's no big deal. Like, no, give yourself the permission on this Good Friday to mourn and to grieve and to lament and to get yeah. angry and flip over tables and maybe not your own tables, but <laughs> imaginary tables. Well, or your own, whatever. whatever. Do you, it's your life. Um, you know, and obviously there's a limit. It's like, do, you know, be angry and yet do not sin, right? There's, there's parameters here. But I think Paul in his Romans gospel, when he mocks death and he's like, oh, death, where is your victory? Where is your sting? And there's a real beauty in that, that yeah. we get to mock death because of what Jesus accomplished. Not He accomplishes, of course, taking on death on Good Friday, Sabbathing on that on that Saturday, and then, of course, rising again on Easter Sunday. And I, I'm grateful we can mock it because yeah. it's scary. Yeah. And it's powerful. And it would be final if not for Good Friday. And so because of the work of Jesus, we can stand with him and mock the final enemy. And I'm grateful for that. And so, listen, if you're at home and you have felt like Alex, every emotion. I tend to just feel anger, so that's the one I just kind of feel all the time. But if you're if you're processing this in real time, and as I'm sure many of you are, and you're thinking to yourself, sometimes I have really strong moments of rage, and you're not sure where that's coming from, you may find that that's in concert with how God feels about the things that hurt His children. Yeah. Um, I mean, think about it. Like, if you if there was a bully beating up your kid, like it, you'd be hard pressed to not drop kick that child into the next park. That's closed because of COVID. Like, you know, like, and I think that that's like that's how God feels. I mean, I just you yeah. know, obviously, you don't want people you don't want people or things messing with your kids. And I think that as we see Jesus, who's all sovereign, has every ability. He knows he's gonna have the power to raise Lazarus from the dead. And when he comes upon the sisters, and they're like, Jesus, if you would have come earlier, you could have saved our brother. And we have this moment where we get a picture of Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. If we wanna know how God responds in the face of death and decay and destruction, you always look at Jesus. When you wanna know how God feels about something, because Jesus and the Father are one essence, they share that. They're, Jesus is not the kind one and the, the Father's anger and they share one essence, one, one will, all that stuff. And here's Jesus who comes in the face of it and he weeps and he weeps. So if you find yourself weeping, you are, you are in solidarity with a, with a God who knows he has the power to overcome it. And yet when he sees the very thing that is his enemy that has harmed his friend, he's not cavalier. He's not like, well, guys, have some faith. I'm going to make beauty from these ashes. <laughs> Rise up, Lazarus. <laughs> bing, bang, bang, bang. Jesus Why don't y'all cute. have more faith? <laughs> like that's not what happens he weeps he weeps and i i think that's a good and right response for a fully human fully god jesus to show us the path of we don't we don't have to make nice and we're allowed to be sad and angry and fearful and those emotions aren't bad and wrong and yes we can have great faith and hope that we will overcome and we will triumph because the blood of the lamb always helps us to triumph but that doesn't mean it doesn't hurt like a wee in the meantime and yeah for that we can be sad and yeah. angry. And so, yeah, I think these are good thoughts. And I, I think they are because they're mine. So anyways, um, I'm just oh kidding, I'm kidding everybody. But uh, Alex, just last thoughts as people are, I'm sure, getting ready to do their 
you know, tune in to their Good Friday or maybe they're doing a drive-thru. Just like one, I guess, word of encouragement or thought or just, I don't know. I'm putting you on the spot. So I'm I'm delaying right now. Are you good? No, I'm good. All right, go ahead. Stop delaying. Yeah. Uh, I love that you mentioned lament. And I think that's one thing that I'm learning in this season is, um, I think growing up in the church, I knew that lament was a thing um, and grief was a thing. But I think um, my tendency is to say the sad thing or like verbalize the lament and then I feel the need to almost immediately cushion that with oh but God's good and he's Mm. doing something in this season and I think I'm learning um how to sit in that lament a little bit longer and I think it's been good for me to go to the Psalms of Lament and read them and be reminded that there are um our brothers and sisters from years and years ago who were hurting and were asking God where are you I don't see you and so um, it's kind of scary to do that, but it's been so good for me too in this season of COVID-19 and quarantining to when I'm sad, like sit in those emotions and, um, and ask God, like, why aren't you? Like, I know you're big enough, but why aren't you taking this out? And what is this? And, um, and I think there's that tension there, right? Of like, I, I know he's still good. I can hope for the future, just like you were talking about. Like, we can still hold on to both of those, the grief and lament and the hope um, and the power of God to do miraculous things. Um, and so I think I am grateful that this season is teaching me what that looks like um, a little more than I think I've ever experienced. That's good. What about you? Uh yeah, I think just as you were saying that, just when you talked about feeling all those things at once, it just the word human is what popped into my head. Mm-hmm. Of like, so I guess it's my encouragement is for for you all to to be human. Yeah, and to, I mean, Jesus was human, right? I mean, it, there's nothing there's nothing shameful about being human, and part of being human is we are um, creatures that feel a lot of it's you know there's moments when you go to a funeral and somebody is eulogizing the person they tell a really beautiful story and you begin to laugh Mm -hmm. at a memory and then that makes you ache even more because you miss the person and then you're laugh crying and snotting and (laughs) then you somehow feel pangs of hunger in the middle of it and then your head goes to IHOP and you're thinking about pancakes and then you remember (laughs) that time you had pancakes with that person you met and then you go back to and that is so human yeah and I think so many times we we try to shave off the ends of humanity and try to put us into these really neat little, mm. maybe maybe uncomplicated, simple creatures. And yet we're made in the image of a triune relational God who is all glory, beauty, and majesty. And though we don't share that in full measures with him, we do share it in, in a good dose. You know, he yeah. sprinkled quite a bit of that in there. <laughs> and so I just, my encouragement is just to be human, to give yourself the freedom to be complicated and messy and sad and happy and joyful and scared and fearful and hopeful all at the same time um and do it in in the context of knowing god loves you i love that and that very much he loves you and that he has his people for you and so um and then just just as a pastoral bit of encouragement y'all if you are lonely and you are living alone i cannot encourage y'all enough to find a friend in six feet of grass like yeah you we are not we are not meant to do these things alone. Yeah. And so uh, that's just my pastoral heart going out to all of you who live alone right now. Mm-hmm. Find, find you a person in six feet of grass. That's weird, but, uh, that, <laughs> that's it's not, good. Okay. It's good. Yeah. Or it's six good. feet of concrete or, <laughs> or driveway or just, it doesn't have to be grass, but find a um, friend in social distance. There you go. 
That's much better way of saying it. <laughs> All right, friends, if nobody's told you that they love you, we do. But far more importantly, the God who with the joy set before him endured the cross and then rose up out of that grave three days later Mm -hmm. is crazy about you. Amen. Peace and grace, friends. Bye.